This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Hello, and welcome to Beltway Banthas, a Star Wars and politics podcast from any hive of scum and villainy I might be in at any given time. I am your host, Stephen Kent, and joining me in the cockpit today is Joe Tavano, the Lord of RetroZap and host of the Brews and Blasters podcast. Also, we have John Liang, honorary producer, Do It All Bantha. Uh, John, welcome onto the show, as well as you, Joe. Hey, Steve, thanks so much. You know, I, this was, uh, this, I feel like this is like one of the first times I've ever been on Beltway Banthas, and um, I'm really glad to be here. You know, isn't it the second, though? I know we've had you on one time before, and it, it must have been like back in the Tearso days, long, long ago. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe in the ancient times, in the dark times, in the old, <laughs> the old, not, not, not dark, but maybe the old days, the old empire. <laughs> yeah, uh, when the podcast was on SoundCloud, uh, also you know, the Stone Age. So yeah, uh, oh well, it's it's really nice to have you both on this evening. Uh, this is episode seventy of Beltway Banthas. I'm I'm dubbing it the Last Fodder. Yes, last last Jedi pun. Da, 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 da. So I'm not going to hide the ball here mm-hmm. for all of you out there listening. This might be the final episode of Beltway Banthas. And I'm glad you are here with us as we embark on this discussion of the politics of Star Wars and also just kind of a discussion about what this podcast is, what this podcast has been, and what this podcast could be in some sort of uh, future that we don't really know about too too much yet. Um, listen, a lot has changed with Beltway Banthas in the past six months. Um, you know, we've had staff changes, we've had people kind of leave the team, um, and just a lot of uncertainty about where it was headed. And I think we're at this point right now, and I'm at this point, and I'll talk about it more later in the show. Uh, before we before we do that, I would like to ask Joe Tavano here, because he is um, the the head of the RetroZap Podcast Network, uh, the founder of RetroZap. And, you know, when we first met or got in touch, I think it was probably back in 2015, Joe. Uh, the show was a few episodes in to our run, and it was hosted by Tirso Perez and myself. Like you seemed pretty jazzed when we reached out initially about you know maybe maybe being on your your podcast network over at RetroZap, and uh, I felt like I was like reaching out you know to to the major leagues, like oh my gosh, will they accept us? And you know we now sit in the year 2019, 70 episodes later, and and frankly probably more about. 120 episodes if you count bonus content and interview episodes. And I'm just wondering, why did you take a chance on on us and making uh, Beltway Banthas part of the RetroZap family? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lot there. Well, well, first of all, let me just start by, you know, Stephen saying congratulations for, you know, conducting and running an amazing and groundbreaking podcast for the past couple of years. It really has been something truly special and amen amen yeah it really it really has been and 
uh, it's been uh, nothing but a pleasure to have you as part of the Retro Zap Podcast Network. And you know, you'll you're you're a part of Retro Zap forever. You can't you can't leave. You can check out anytime you like, though. Uh, well, you, you already sent me my you already sent me my hot and cold Tumblr. So you got that. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 in for life. Yes, membership has its privileges. <laughs> <laughs> so you know back back when when belt Banthas first started it made waves immediately um i remember seeing this and saying you know the idea of of fusing together a a show that incorporated politics and star wars i mean that had been floating out in the ether i think for a long time people had discussed it here and there and i don't think anyone really had figured out the right way to to get a good discussion going and really engage people on both because you had people who could energize people about star Wars. You had people who could energize people on maybe one side of the aisle towards politics, but nothing like Beltway Banthas was out there that was really exciting people about star Wars and about politics from the left and the right. And, you know, Joe, that reminds yeah. me of, of what Tierso used to say. Um, it, I listened back to the first episode, the pilot, earlier today. And in the pilot, Tierso, when discussing why we were doing this show, he said, we want uh, this to be a place to discuss this, this being the politics of Star Wars, because people already do it without saying they're doing it. Totally. Uh, you know, everybody, <laughs> you know, you know, you'll engage in kind of intellectual uh, Star Wars conversations over coffee or a drink. And, you know, people will be getting political without sort of being, um, you know, they're using coded language to talk about what they think the the message of Star Wars is. And so this is like the first place that I feel like embraced the fact that we're going to talk about this and not and not be coy and sometimes not even yeah exactly just like embrace it and say exactly what we're doing oh yeah definitely definitely so like when when i when i heard that i just thought it was so exciting to to really see you guys like just flourishing immediately and when when we started talking and i thought you know i thought it might it could have either went two ways with retro zap because retro zap is fairly apolitical we don't really get into a lot of discussion about politics and the majority of our content or the fandom yeah. wars and you know this is both <laughs> that's yeah the, no that's what beltway bantha is like attracts <laughs> <laughs> and for, for better or for worse than that one but um yeah so i think that it was a great opportunity to i i I don't think it was about taking a side or taking a stand about politics but it was about recognizing that this does exist and this is an important aspect of what the entire idea of star wars analysis could be and having you guys as part of the network i think really was able to you know elevate and and level up our entire discourse on on star wars and it was just such a, a refreshing and interesting outlet for that sort of discussion yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate that, Joe. And I think that that speaks to exactly like what I wanted. And there there are like moments when I look back at some of the show and, you know, I kind of can see points where I veered away or, or got away and, and Suara and I would sort of step away from what the mission was, you know, and sure. then we would kind of like get like preachy about a certain point of view um, and, you know, maybe imposing. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not what this is supposed to be about. It's really just supposed to be about a forum. And, you know, the, the fact that like last week, for episode 69, I had on 
um, this young man named Muhammad who wrote a great essay about social justice in Star Wars. And of course, you know, it just like incites this outrage from, uh, you know, fans from the right. And they're like, why would Beltway Banthas, you know, propagate this view? Or like, why do you think this about Star Wars? And I'm like, because I had on someone else like two weeks ago who said the opposite, <laughs> you know, like that's the whole point. It's just the people talk about this in, in star Wars circles. So like, this is the place where they can do it and just say that that's what they're, they're doing. Um, you know, John Liang, I'm curious, when did you first hear about Beltway Banthas? Because you weren't there at the, the beginning of it. Um, I remember meeting you for the first time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Virginia Comic-Con in Richmond was when we met in person, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was about, uh, I don't know if it was the same year that as Awesome Con, because the first time I ever heard of the Beltway Banthas was I was down on the on the show floor at Awesome Con, my second Awesome Con that I, I'd ever been to here in Washington, D.C., and I was on the show floor near where the, uh, where the costuming groups, you know, the 501st, the Rebel Legion, the Mandalorian Mercs, you know, the... the the droid builders were all hanging out and I'm not sure if it was you or if it was Tirso, but there was some guy, tall, thin guy handing out like these little slim, tall, slim guy think, handing out these little uh, pieces of paper, like f- small flyers saying, oh, uh, belly Banthas, Star Wars and politics podcast. And I look at this, looked at it. That's all thought. That's really, really cool. Put it in my pocket, took f- 10, 15 steps away and then realized I'm never going to remember this again. Took it out of my pocket, <laughs> put it on the floor, and took a photo of it on my iPhone. That's so because I, I knew I was probably going to lose that little piece of paper at some point, and I did later on. So at least that's how <laughs> I had something. So I went back home and like looked at the photo, and it's like after at the very end of the of the convention, and thought, what the heck is this? Because I was scrolling through all the different photos I'd taken while I was at the convention. So then went on to you know I've got my Apple TV. It has uh pop, you know a podcast section you know app on it and looked it up looked you guys up and started listening to you guys and it was like wow this is amazing you know just because of fact you had two guys who were talking from two different perspectives and doing it civilly you know <laughs> i mean you weren't yelling at each other you're going yeah what do you think about this yeah what i thought but i thought i came it from, came to it from a different perspective perspective blah 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 and it was like yeah this is really amazing to hear this sort of stuff and also listening to you're doing interviews with like some of the local dc area yeah, yeah. star wars fans who are also involved of course in politics since by the way we are in washington dc or at least you were at the time um and then uh, i saw you guys were going to go down to richmond comic-con and i thought what the heck i might as well go down there and i had Bought, that was me. That was uh, me, Tirso, yeah. and Suara. We all road tripped. Yeah, we all Suara, road tripped yeah. down there. And I, I can't remember yeah. if at that time, I think Tirso had moved on from the show. This was short. This was right mm-hmm. after Tirso had moved on, and Suara had just joined up. But Tir- Tirso wasn't so mm-hmm. far gone that he was like not part of the the kind of the group anymore. And so I, we had asked him like, "Hey, mm-hmm. would you come down and like do this panel so we could do it all together?" And and he and he did. So that was all three of us down there, which was a real treat. And I remember seeing you because we have a picture uh, where we met you on the, the the show floor all together and got a shot together. And I, I like your your vivid memory. Memory of getting that flyer. I mean, I don't want to throw shade at here, so, but it was definitely me who gave you the flyer because, you know, tall. Okay. And it's like, so is tall, but we'd call him medium. So I know, I know it had to have been me. Must have been you then. Okay. <laughs> that, that was you wandering the convention floor, sir. Um, no, that's, that's, that's great. You know, uh, you know, I, when I think about like, 
why this whole thing started, you know, and kind of in relation to, to what you both said, you know, the Star Wars podcasting community, it, it was lacking something, I think, in, in 2014, 2015, when I started really getting into Star Wars podcasts. Um, I, I listened to a lot of Full of Sith. That was my first Star Wars podcast, and I was a, a really ardent listener for quite a long time. And there was an episode that they did on money and politics. Um, and mm-hmm. you could say it was, it was, it was, <laughs> I, I kind of like bristled at it because I was like, Ugh, I don't agree with this analysis because <laughs> Brian, Brian Young was all, all inflamed about it. And he brought in this, this uh, really great, great um, guest to talk about the role of money in politics. It was this guy who was like from a Harry Potter nonprofit, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it was a really great episode, despite disagreeing with a lot of the content. And I was like, oh my gosh, so like this is the first episode of any Star Wars podcast I've seen like do this um, in a very serious way. And I was listening again, like back to the pilot, and I just remember. I, I was talking about Full of Sith a lot in the the, the pilot episode of Beltway Banthas and kind of loving on them and like, oh man, this is like they they exuded sort of warmth and like a welcoming vibe. And you know, you can say what you will about that, but like that's how I felt um, going into this whole project. And you know, I just want to thank Brian Young and Amy Radcliffe who were both on Full of Sith at the time. Like they had such passion um, and joy about Star Wars and that sometimes like particularly like with those hosts like makes them a target in in divided fandom because they're just so shamelessly in love with star wars but like that got me excited about podcasting that made me want to do it because it felt like a warm and welcoming environment um you know i i still believe that at the core of star wars fandom like that is the truth of it all. It is a warm and welcoming place. And I just wanted to get involved and like have my voice be out there too. And it, it happened. And, and both of you guys made that more possible. Um, Joe, like getting us off of SoundCloud and onto a respectable website, man. Thank you so much. Respectable is debatable, but you know what? You, 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 thank you so much. Uh, well, it's it's a great website. Uh, it's it's retrozap.com and it uh, looks a lot better than SoundCloud. Um, but I think from here, I would like to talk about why the politics of Star Wars are important. You know, this this podcast is based on the premise that Star Wars and politics are intertwined, um, that there is a message from the maker, being George Lucas, about politics that cannot be avoided if you are paying attention to the movie and looking for those deeper messages and some of the history behind when Star Wars was written and how Star Wars has been produced, uh, whether that you know be in the 70s or in the, the early 2000s and the 90s. Um, Star Wars and politics have just kind of always been married in that way. Um, but just on the substance, I wanted to throw it out on the floor, see what you guys think. Why do you think the politics of Star Wars are important? Well, for me, um, just you, if you take it one step back, movies, Star Wars are movies, basically. Never mind the books, which I love and everything, and the TV shows, which I also love. But movies themselves are a form of art. And art in itself is, for all intents and purposes, like a reflection of the times that we live in. And it's, I mean, even cartoons can show you, oh, they're trying, they're, they're, they can make it be making a very specific, specific, subtle point that is a reflection of, say, 
well, people, you know, the wealth gap or uh, social justice or you name it. Um, religion. I mean, they can they can show ideas of faith that people may not have ever thought about and may not even be aware of. It may be something really, really subtle. And so, so yeah, why is Star Wars politics important? It's because it, it is a reflection of where we are and who we are as people, even if it is depicting, you know, a galaxy far, far away. All right. This is an interesting counterpoint. Um, so I've been watching uh, this weekend, I've been watching uh, on Netflix, Joseph Campbell and the Power of Myth, a really, oh. really old limited series from like the 80s where Joseph Campbell so, uh, sits down and starts discussing all the theories from uh, his his books like the hero of, the, of, of a thousand faces and and so on and it's just amazing to hear him talk and one of the things that i was remembering is literally how how timeless and mythological uh star wars storytelling is and it goes lockstep with the politics of star wars in many ways, being timeless in that exact same way, the idea of absolute power corrupting absolutely the uh, the ideas of good and evil clashing those all are tied in to the ideas of empires rising and falling, rebellions um, and resistances at the same time forming to counterbalance those and uh, the idea of military uh, military coup d'etats and military um, power versus the, the the power of hope and and, and the I could, I could go on and on I could, I could take two hours thinking of all the themes and political um, ideas that are in within uh, Star Wars so I think that it, it's truly amazing just how much um, how timeless the politics of Star Wars, can can be and it's going to be a, such a generational connector so no matter where we are in american politics or world politics there's always going to be some aspect of of what's going on in the star wars saga that's going to be able to resonate and connect with what's going on in the real world and that's why it's so powerful i've said it a lot on the show before but the first moment that i ever watched star wars and went aha there's something you know, very disturbing about this was obviously um, episode three and I was in high school at the time and there was just a lot of whispers about the, the George W. Bush administration and the Patriot Act and, you know, just the idea that the war on terror was an infinite war, that it was meant to be open-ended and that just by nature of having a war on terror against such a, a nebulous thing like that, um, that the power of the federal government would just expand and expand and expand um, until, you know, there was a constant need to to be in, I guess, you know, the emergency powers mode or have the executive be able to protect everybody and make everybody feel secure. And people were talking about that at school. And I, I went and I saw episode three and I, I just, I was kind of awakened by it. And that's what Star Wars does. It, it raises your awareness of totalitarianism um, and how benign it can be early on when it is forming, you know, throughout Star Wars and, you know, the prequels, of course, like you see the early signs that things are headed towards autocracy in the Republic and that people are going to give up their freedoms for security. But it always feels in that moment like good reasons. It always feels like good exchanges that are being made by um, kind, benevolent, and trustworthy characters. And 
it, it just instills in me a distrust of, of politicians. I, I, I take the Obi-Wan stance there, you know, <laughs> where he reminds, reminds Anakin that, you know, Padme is a politician um, and you need to be, you need to be careful. And he says that about Palpatine as well. Um, and I think that that's just what I came away from all of it with is that you, you just can't trust people just because they're nice in politics and they have a nice smile and, and they say they're trying to keep you safe. Like, Star Wars gave me that sort of natural suspicion. I think that that is definitely something worth taking away as important. It's no, it's no coincidence that his name is Darth Sidious because the insidious nature of <laughs> yeah. how empires are formed is is on full display in the prequels. You know, I, I also am really drawn to on the the other side of the coin, uh, not just Very much so. you know the the focus on totalitarianism. Which again, actually, I want to make one more point on totalitarianism. You know, totalitarianism can take all sorts of forms, uh, from the left to the right to the center. You know, there is there is uh, you know the leftist dictatorships. There's the concern. You know, the the right wing dictatorships in history. Um, you know, what you have inherently in politics and in Star Wars is a clash between freedom and absolute control. And in Star Wars, I think there's a recognition that the central pole of the sentient heart, and I, I say sentient heart instead of human heart because of all of the different species uh, in the movies, but the natural pole of the sentient heart is towards freedom. It is it is against being controlled um, by others who, who seek to do you harm, who don't care for your family, for your community. And there is just that natural... Um, I don't know, communitarian and, and family dynamic that is is so strong in Star Wars that sort of pushes against governments and politics as being, you know, the crown jewel of importance. Um, you know, it kind of focuses everything back on on human relationships um, in, in juxtaposition to you know where the state or where the the military <laughs> might come. You know, in. it's funny uh, the the um, the idea that the uh, the 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 nature of humanity is to crave freedom. It's, it's something yeah. that's juxtaposed with this whole idea that uh, you, you see on display in revenge of the Sith, where the, the nature of the empire was to skew much more closer to uh, security and safety. And perhaps, you know, the, the point of the Sith was the idea that people wanted to be controlled. People wanted that sort of domination. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad you challenged on that because that those are two contrary opinions that I hold. I've I've said many times, and I think there are definitely some tweets to to back that up. That I I honestly I think that Americans, in particular, when I think about politics, what they really just want is a king, just like any country. Like I think people are just naturally drawn to the idea of monarchs and having rulers that are going to give them clarity about what tomorrow looks like, about what next year looks like. And there's something so tumultuous about uh, a Republican democracy where you don't know what the country's going to be like in four years or kind of where you stand, what your tax bracket is going to be, or, or, you know, what the vision for the country is going to be in general. Um, and I think in that way, people are very drawn to freedom. They're very, I'm sorry, to control. Uh, and they're very drawn to the idea of having sort of rigid routines carved out for them by leaders. But at the same time, the reason that they want that is because they want the feeling of freedom from worry. Yeah. And freedom from worry is, is 
like the other side of that, where they want control. People want that sort of structure, but they want that because they want to be free. And the problem is that those two things are in conflict and people mm-hmm. aren't honest about that. You know, that when when you give up some of your, you know, freedoms for more security, you're going to lose your ability to be free. And so my opinion has always been that you have to give up the need to be secure at all times. Like that's sort of what I came down on in my politics is that you don't need to be secure at all times. You have to learn to live with risk and like recognize the world as a dangerous place. And that is just the way it is. And that is freedom. I have a big fear of flying. And that's what I think every single time I get on a plane, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But, you know, if I could be a fly in the wall at just about any point in American history, it would be the moment where after the American Revolution had ended and um, Washington was set up to be the leader and the, the Continental Congress came back to Washington and wanted to make him a king. And I just wanted to see the look on his face at that moment where he's like, no, 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 no. This is what we, this is what we were fighting for. We know we don't we're not supposed to have a king like we, we've, we've skewed towards wanting that sort of um, that sort of stability for our entire history. And it's um, it, it's really interesting how that keeps on replaying itself in different forms. Yeah, we would we wanted something where we had not one single source of power. We wanted you know the old high junior high school high school U.S. government uh, thing of checks and balances. We wanted to make sure not one single entity could hold power for the for a long period of time, and that's what we got. But you know, you say we as if there's like a collective decision there, and the truth of the matter is, is that it was a, a faction of that sure. faction who who led us against Great Britain and towards freedom, who you know absolutely opposed the idea of a king and a monarch, and they just happened to win the argument, and we talk about it. All the time, like there's consensus, you know that that the that there shouldn't Open be a king. There ever was. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and but I, and I'm not, I'm not like like calling you out or anything on it. It's just like you know, you know, I just I just I just finished rewatching again the John Adams HBO documentary oh, or not documentary the, the series with Paul Giamatti. It might as well yeah. be the documentary because Paul Giamatti is so amazing. Um, but you know, it 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 just reminds you, you know, like about this hodgepodge of states um, and territories that could not agree on anything they couldn't even agree on the idea of a revolution and it just sort of it sort of just got to the point that they signed on to be in in um, against great britain and to sign the declaration of independence because they had no other options left like they would be beheaded for treason for even meeting with the likes of john adams so they just they had to like choose which side they were going to be on like die at the hands of england or die you know fighting back with john adams and and you know Thomas kind of like we're one the likes. yeah you know <laughs> and even then a lot of those guys were slave men which were always men were also slave owners so they had a whole nother section of the population that had absolutely no voice in that yeah, matter i mean america has always always been at war with its ideas yeah. i was gonna say that hodgepodge of differing ideas um and and unique perspectives i don't think that that exemplifies what the star wars community is in 2019 now more than ever and i think that there is so many more unique and varied voices and opinions than has ever been before in star wars fandom per se and i think that's a beautiful thing and also 
where why why we see such great highs and also such great lows um because what are you what are you referring with, to there I, I i think that's a great point but it feels vague like who are, who are yeah. you referring to about those voices i'm not referring to anyone in particular because i think that would take away from the idea of there being varied voices uh but i think the point is that we have seen a trend or I would say since Beltway Banther started in 2015 to 2019, that we have seen different political views, different um, worldviews, different gender views, different um, different views in, in, in generations as well. And there have been just the, 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 the megaphone for people to speak and be represented in Star Wars community has been been so much more increased than it has been at any point in time. And I think that's really good. However, I think that there has also been divisiveness also fostered within the community. And that has also been an issue at times. And I think that we need to, as a community, start, start, I don't know where I'm going with this, (laughs) but I, I think that we need to be very wary of what, pulls us apart and keep on listening to one another. Politics is is incredibly acidic and it naturally just sort of destroys good things. So so Joe to that point like I, I think the next part of the conversation is are our politics all that matter. You know and and maybe the the question itself is kind of loaded like obviously politics are not all that matter but there is a a contingent of Star Wars fandom and then also, gosh, just Amer- the American population that act like politics is the only thing that matters because the stakes are so high. You know, like obviously politics impacts people's lives. Real things are on the line with what goes on in Washington, D.C. And real things are on the line with what goes on in Star Wars um, in terms of government. But I, I just am not convinced still, like even as the host of this show, that that it's supposed to be the number one priority. Before I go, what do y'all think? Where do you rank sort of Star Wars in the or politics and the importance of Star Wars? John, you can go first. For me, it's one of those things where it's just then and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna repeat myself again. This is a form of art. Art reflects the the times we live in. And if and politics are always going to be part of that art, it's always good there. You're always going to see something reflected that certain the certain parts of the population are going to agree with and other parts are not going to agree with there. You're going to see parts of this of the Star Wars trilogy and or there and, and, and maybe even the cartoons as well, where some people say, yes, that is what I that those are those conform with my values. And there are other points of there. There are other parts of the population. We're going to go. No, I that just that's just doesn't that's just not me. That's that's not what I believe in. From from a political point of view, from a just uh, at the same time, I can also see people, including me, going, "Yeah, politics was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's politics and uh-huh, but I just really love that shot of you know that huge final lightsaber battle between you know Obi Wan and Anakin. I do just that was an amazing thing. And then other folks were going to say, "Yeah, that's a little too long." Or you know, I love that I watched I watched it today for the record. <laughs> it was a little too long. <laughs> I mean, for, you know, also for me, like you know, I love that that final confrontation between Kylo Ben and Luke and you know and, and in last Jedi when and, and Luke is basically never fighting he's never using the force to attack he's only using it to to defend he he uh 
swerves around. He dodges and feints, avoids any blow that Kylo strike t- tries to strike. And for me, I, I think that's an amazing thing. The only thing I disagree with, I still, I'm one of those, you know, ignite the green believers who, despite the fact that they gave a very, very good, the producers gave a very good, well thought out reasoning for why they chose a blue lightsaber instead of a green one. I would have personally preferred a green one. That's that's <laughs> me art. Too. But at the same time, there's all the you know. I'm sure someone can. They, if, I'm sure someone's already written like a think piece about what uh, about the politics of that confrontation. Just because that's who we are. I don't think that politics <laughs> are the most important aspect of Star Wars. In fact, like I'm I'm quite sure about it. Like no, 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 no. I I you know even you know being around Beltway Banthas and you know doing all these panel discussions about it and and, and collecting all these different opinions like i i'm convinced at the end of the day that you know it's sort of it blurs what is most important about star wars and what is most central and 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 sort of like the reasons that we love it um and you know that's why i get so frustrated with you know star wars kind of like online community because i feel like people's adulthood corrupts their childhood loves you know that they that they can't go to a movie anymore Mm. and just get lost in a galaxy far far away and they can't forget about their problems and they can't disconnect it's that whole idea of you know escapism right now i've i've said escapism is is you know i guess Mm. wrong in some cases because i i feel like star wars is a movie that has a message. It was made to be sort of a political film by George Lucas. So you have to engage with that. You can't dismiss it. Like I, I've always rejected the idea that Star Wars is not political. That is a a nonsense opinion. But if you if you take it to the far other end where you just go like Star Wars is the only thing that matters, and you know the way that Star Wars is cast and the message that Star Wars is going to have and the the signs that Star Wars is going to have will change everything in my life uh, based on you know what this movie this next movie is going to be like. If like that's the way you approach Star Wars, you have lost touch with it. You've lost touch with yourself. If you are so wrapped up in all of those details that go into making a Star Wars movie that you can't forget about the real world for for 2 hours, then you you're lost. I I really believe that. Um Star Wars to me is about family and believing in yourself versus that voice in your head that tells you you are nothing. Because when you do that, you can accomplish anything. And character after character in Star Wars is faced with the the dark voice, um, the feeling that they are a nobody and they rise and, and achieve amazing things. And it's supposed to be about the child sitting in the theater seat who watches that and they go, oh my gosh, me too. I can be like Luke. I can be like Ray. I can be broom boy, <laughs> you know? And and that's the whole idea. And that can be political. Like it might be your inspiration. I, and I think Suara expressed this at one point, you know, like that was like an inspiration early on for him, you know, yeah. to be in politics and to pursue activism because Star Wars teaches you you know, about your empowerment and the ability to take the reins of your life and make a difference. And obviously that can be directed towards politics and community organizing. Um, but I think when politics becomes the centerpiece of your Star Wars fandom, I don't think you're going to have a very good Star Wars fandom uh, <laughs> for the rest of your, for the rest of your life. 
It's a good. It's a good point. It, very much so. Um, you know, politics in in Star Wars is a niche. It's a very deep niche, but it's not the totality, and it's not the lens through which we should be viewing the you know this these films and and this franchise uh, because there is once you start doing that, there are blinders put on to the rest of the message. Uh, so it needs to be woven and blended into everything else that we're, we're taking in when we watch star Wars and in life in general. Um, it's my own personal belief that politics are a means to an end to have a, a better society and to have a better, better individual lives. And I think that, you know, th- there's, there's a, there's an aspect today of, of, you know, watching politics, like we watch sports and, um, you know, I, I'm guilty of it many times in my life too. I'll say that, um, but I think that you know that there is there is also a dangerous aspect of making of letting it consume you to a point where you, you're not living your life anymore and you're not advancing you know yourselves or the people around you. And that there there is a, there is very much a danger in that, and as it relates to you know how we incorporate and view art as well. This is not a commentary on the the absolute good of religion, but in many ways, um, politics has become a religion in this country. It's always been passionate, but it has never been something as committed yeah. um, and you know based in sort of zealotry as I've seen now. And it's it's sort of mm-hmm. all consuming. And we have a media environment, a and I, I will also say a capital environment that is invested in constantly turning up the temperature and constantly keeping the entire population at a, a simmer um, you know not a boil because boil would would put things out of control it would it would it, it would threaten the power of politicians it would threaten the wallets of the wealthy who you know benefit off of the rage machine and make money off of the rage machine like I really think we're all being played I think this entire um, country is being played and obviously this this kind of extends across most of the world as well but you know people are taking advantage of us and the, about the you know the point of activism I, I, that you mentioned earlier you know politics is a mean to an end you know i don't i just don't see how you could watch star wars and sort of think that its politics are not about like what government can do like all right so basically in star wars government always collapses, fails, or does harm. There's never been an instance where government really succeeded in Star Wars. And I think George Lucas is sort of like a member of the hippie generation, is somebody who understood that, like down at his core. I know he's a progressive and a liberal, but I think he's also someone who's skeptical of the ability of politicians to deliver and do things. And there's there's no benevolent leader um, who sort of rises up through in, in Star Wars and then is able to successfully implement an agenda um, that makes the, the galaxy a better place for a long extended period of time. Um, if anything, are you supposed to like look at Star Wars and sort of just see the limited effectiveness of government and politics for outcomes that it's, it's about what you can do the individual, like what mm-hmm. role you have to play in all of this. I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, completely. I think, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head on, on a ton of topics right there. Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick that apart, but yeah, I think that, you know, it's funny. The, the government overreach is uh, definitely something that is a theme throughout you know, all of Lucas's films for sure. And, uh, you know, extending 
into the sequel trilogy as well. And, you know, it's funny when you start thinking of like the, the Clone Wars series, the entire theme is that over repeated over and over again, that these there are these you know, planets out there, these societies that are are doing pretty well for themselves or maybe they're not doing great, but they're doing all right. And then either the uh, the Confederacy, Confederacy of Independent Systems steps in or the Republic steps in and it all just goes to hell. And you see that over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Lucas doesn't always paint in subtle, um, in subtle colors either. Uh, I think one of the most amazing revelations that I ever had uh, in Star Wars Steve, was from you, Stephen, when you pointed out that the invisible hand literally crashes into Coruscant. And and uh, I didn't. I, I I've been watching Roman Genesis for years, and it, <laughs> I never understood the the metaphor there and it it completely blew me away Mm. oh i'm glad i that was that was a recent revelation for me too and you know i've been doing this podcast for a couple years it took me till like (laughs) last month to figure it out so (laughs) congratulations to you as well sir so so rounding us out here was the mission of helping star wars fandom deal with politics in star wars in a constructive manner successful i'll put the motion on the floor what say you yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, yes, I, I, the, the mission was successful. I think that Beltway Banthas created a space and a forum to, you know, talk about issues and ideas that spanned, you know, left, center, right, and uh, completely not part of uh, and a political aspect as well. And I think that that all blended with star Wars dialogue in a very, very effective way. I, I think that if more people and more, um, more fandom outlets followed the same idea and didn't try and get into, you know, hateful discourse or uh, dogmatic discourse or just, you know you know i think of i think of youtube videos that are just meant to foment you know anger and you know intolerance and i i think that if you know more people and more more shows took the beltway banthas route we would have much more productive discussions in in fandom my my view is you know i don't know if it was successful i i hope i hope it was i you tell me you know the 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 listeners um have sent us you know, tons of opinions. My feeling is that we did something good for a large chunk of people out there who are feeling pushed out of fandom for either voicing opinions on Star Wars politics that people didn't like or not having an opinion at all, which is sort of its own offense with some people. If you don't have an opinion about the politics of Star Wars and they're like, oh, you know, what do you think about about it? And you go, oh, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. They're like, why are you silencing other people? And I just like the lightsaber battle. I just really like the lightsaber <laughs> fights. And people are like, oh, you're the worst. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I think that for for all of those people, like, we sort of made the entire thing approachable. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. I look at like, and again, I know not everyone in the world is on Twitter, but I look at Star Wars Twitter now and it just makes me feel like Beltway Banthas failed. Uh, like things have gotten worse but perhaps that's just an effect of what's happening outside of Star Wars. Like where things- yeah. yeah, I disagree. I, I, I don't think it failed at all. I think what it allowed it allowed you guys to do is just create this island where people could speak about this in a civil tone and not 
yeah, you know, you know, not turn it into a shouting Completely. match and just, you know, you have one point of view, you've got another point of view. They're, they do not max, mix or match their, it's oil and water, but at the very end of the day, they, you got, you still walk out, walk away from it saying, okay, cool. You thought this, I thought that great. At the very end of the day, we're still Star Wars fans, which is what the first thing, which is what brings this podcast together more than anything else, even politics. It's this incredible universe that George Lucas and a whole bunch of people after him invented and and spread out. Yeah, Stephen, Beltway Banthas was a bulwark against uh, all the the discord and the anger that has you know risen in the past a couple of years, just in general in our in our culture. And I think that what we were trying, what Beltway Banthas has done, bring people together to have a forum to express any idea is really something that we need more of. So I think that while I think the general fandom may not be in as unified a place in um, our opinions as we once were, perhaps maybe not so. Um, But I think that Beltway Banth is, has always stood for something very powerful and very good. And I think that, uh, you know, Rose put it put it best. We're not going to win this by destroying the things we hate. It's we're, it's going to be by saving what we love. And you know, I think that we need to extend the the spirit of what this show has done forward, um, no matter what. I can't think of a, a better way to sort of wrap up that conversation. Hi, this is Dom. I'm a political scientist by day, Star Wars fan by night, and really appreciate that Beltway Bantas takes both both of those uh, interests of mine and combines them in a way that I think appreciates my my love of both Star Wars and politics. Um, and just just overall, really appreciate how the show um, has engaged in respectful um, d- discussion, sometimes sometimes serious disagreements about political issues and Star Wars issues. Um, but nonetheless, finds a way to actually um, find, get real insight from, from the Star Wars saga about how we could live better, we could be better citizens, and um, how how our politics could work better. This episode of Beltway Banthas was brought to you truly by our friends uh, and supporters over on Patreon who have been giving to and keeping this show afloat now for up to about three years. Uh, Thank you all so much who have been contributing to the program, um, helping make it affordable to have a podcast uh, that posts as much as we do um, and and manages as much content as we do um, at this at this kind of quality. Uh, Connie Shee, Cheston Lee, Nathan Hartwig, Isaiah Leslie, Andy Siener, Nick DeCalandria, Sarah Smith, Andrew Dodson, Jared Cantor, Tish Wells, Sarah Strange, Sean Mahan, David of Flixton, Rebecca Diaz, Jason Flat, Joshua Gilliland, um, Alyssa, Ray J, uh, Joshua Tracy, Justin Day. You guys are the heroes. The force is strong with you and you keep the force strong with us. Um, all yes, <laughs> all of this time, I, I just I've loved all of you so much. Um, and, you know, particularly, you know, our, our patrons at the at the top tier who kind of give the most, you know, who have ch- chimed into um, some of our uh, Google Hangouts where we talk with patrons and just talk about all of these issues in a completely open forum. You know, it speaks to what you were saying earlier about 
folks just kind of want a place where they can talk about this stuff and not feel like they're being shouted at or pull their hair out. Um, and that's what I saw in, when people would hop onto the Google Hangout who, who don't share anything politically. Um, libertarians, some conservatives, you know, a person who worked for the, the Hillary Clinton campaign, uh, you know, all in a single room together and just laughing and smiling and, and sharing their thoughts on stuff. And then nobody, you know, attacking them because they can't hide behind a, a Twitter handle. You know, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. And I've loved every minute of it. And the folks on Patreon, um, you made it possible. That brings us to Bantha Fodder, the legendary segment of the show where every guest gets to share something that has been on their mind, on their heart, Star Wars, politics, or otherwise. Uh, let's start with Mr. Joe Tavano. What is your fodder, sir? Oh man, so you know it's uh, it, it's getting warm out now, and I've recently, uh, you know, all winter I have been, you know, just restricting my uh, my my carb intake. I've been on I've been keto Joe for like months now, and I've lost seventy six pounds. So I am very very excited to just you know this summer enjoy all the. Uh, the, the bounty of amazing food that the Boston area has to offer. And I'm super, super excited about that. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where my mind has been literally <laughs> when it's not thinking about RetroZap or for Star Wars or anything else. I'm just thinking about got to get that roast beef, got to get that, got to get those fried, fried clams, got to get all that, all that good stuff that you, you might think of uh, Boston for, for being uh, known for. So that's, uh, that's my Bantha fodder and it's pretty, pretty foddery. Well, this entire podcast, I've just been thinking and spacing off about taco trucks for the summer. So, you know, I, I'm with you, Joe. I feel Boom. you. I feel you. Uh, John Liang, tell me your fodder, sir. Well, um, I think part of me is still in one of those stages of mourning where I'm still like in a denial stage that I don't really believe that this thing is actually closing down. Um, I'm sort of holding on, clinging on to a word that you, Stephen, used at the start of this podcast where you said might be closing down and i'm hoping that <laughs> given where we are you know life happens i know I'm, you went you you've been through an incredible amount of stuff in the last few weeks i'm really glad you're getting back on your feet after your 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 apartment building burned down i'm really glad that you um your wife and your daughter and your dog all were safe and nothing nothing bad happened to you all during that time um, absolutely you know thank god for that uh it's for me it's one of those things where this I can see I can see so many things where this podcast could keep on going and keep on doing really amazing things. It's done an um, an incredible amount of work. You guys have done an incredible amount of work in the last two three years that you've been doing this. I can't believe it's it's been that long. Like, it feels like you just started just yesterday. Um, I mean, there's a book just that just came out right now by E. K. Johnston by by the name of Queen Shadow. It's chock full of politics that is just it is just mm, waiting delicious. to be discussed and 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 dissected and just go you, you can take you can take an entire hour to two or two hours just doing that we've got star wars celebration that's coming up next month that i'll be at i'll be on a uh, on a star star wars and, and military uh panel with joe tavon sorry sorry with with thomas with thomas you know thomas harper and also right now with all with the author alexander freed um as well as some of the some youtubers like uh, uh, Star Wars Explained um, and the 
and several others, and I'm and please forgive me if if I'm forgetting their names right now. It's you know, I'm looking so forward to that, and I was and there's I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Star Wars and politics being talked there, and so I would just say to, to the listeners, you know. Stay tuned. We we may have more stuff coming down the road if we can if if we can work it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we know how John Liang feels about uh, episode seventy, the last fodder. Um, yeah, that that brings me to to my bantha fodder for today. Which uh, John John mentioned what I I forgot to mention, which is yeah, the past couple of weeks have been crazy. Um, our apartment. Uh, caught fire um, and the building just about burned down and we we were displaced for uh, a week and we were just now kind of getting resettled. It's been uh, wild, uh, but everybody is okay. And I think that's just why I just, I, everything just sort of feels so wobbly. But my bantha fodder is to say thank you. The listeners of this show just truly light me up. Um, your emails, uh, you know, people with the energy like John Liang just make me so happy. Uh, the feedback and form of reviews, Twitter conversations, and more. Like, y'all have no idea how this podcast has changed my life. I was stuck in this middle manager position, sort of like going nowhere at an org I wasn't so sure about. And the voice I found on this show, a Star Wars podcast of all things, like that still kind of cracks me up. It gave me confidence. Um, It helped me believe in my voice. It gave me the fire to share my thoughts, not just on the pod, but also at work and with friends. And that did incredible things for me. It, it helped me move forward in my career rapidly, just practicing the art of expressing yourself on a weekly basis. The podcast growing notoriety in DC, it connected me with like really cool political influencers I never would have been able to meet otherwise. It, it led me to doing TV news commentary and to the job that I have now where I speak for an organization and I'm not just some sort of unnoticeable um, you know, you know, cog in the cog in the machine, um, and for that, I'm grateful. Like all of you did that, Beltway Banthas, and all of the the Banthas within it did that. Um, I'm I'm so scared to hang up this project because of what I, what do I just laid out? Um, the platform is meaningful, and I I almost don't know who I am if I'm not that Star Wars Politico guy, which is just kind of part of my reputation now, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is, and I love it. Um, but something isn't clicking since Suara left the show. And I, I wanted to push through. Like if you, if you listen to the show every week, you've, you've kind of heard me talk about this um, in previous episodes, really wanted to push through and kind of get to the next chapter of Beltway Banthas. But I just feel run down and it's not it's not what I want it to be to be like, oh, you know, it's coming up on Showtime, um, you know, got to get an episode together. It was never like that. It was always like, oh, man, we have like so many episodes written uh, and let's just we got to find time just to, to write them. And it's it's just like not that anymore. And I don't want it to be that way. And I'm reticent to call this the last Beltway Banthas, John Liang. I, I really am. I, I think I think indefinite hiatus may be more appropriate. Um, you know, this is just the last transmission for a while because let's let's be real here. I love this show. I love all of you. I love Star Wars, and Star Wars is not going to get less politically interesting. It is only going to be more so. Um, There's going to be a new movie at the end of the year to cap off the trilogy. There's going to be all sorts of stuff to talk about. 
listen, there, there's probably going to be a new dawn. I just don't really know when it's going to be. Um, so until then, I think we're going to be hanging it up. Um, and that's my fodder is again, just thank you for the amazing ride that has been going since 2015. My goodness, that was the, the 2016 primary season, uh, before any of this mess that we live in now, uh, man, the world is, is so different. Uh, I am so different. Uh, you all are in different places in your lives. Star Wars is so different. My gosh uh we didn't even have the the like the solidification of the disney franchise at that point for star wars um what a ride so as we reach the end here um you have my gratitude and i just want the force to be strong with all of you always like we say at the end of every episode and we're gonna say again here today um so that's my fodder um, thank you all for listening and being here for episode 70 of Beltway Banthas. Ah, final words. Uh, anybody want to throw something in here before we wrap up? Stephen, for everything you and Suara and, and Tirso have done for the last three years, it's been amazing. Vincent, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everything you've done with Beltway Banthas for the past, you know, past five, past four years. And it's really, really an remark- a remarkable achievement. And, you know, while Beltway Banthas may be ending, um, we're, we're not, we're not canceling Stephen Kent. And, you know, you're, you're going to be around for a long, long time. And um, I, I, I'm really, really excited to see what you're going to be doing next. And you always have a home at RetroZap. And, you know, no matter what, form uh or what project uh comes in the future um i'm just really really excited to uh to see what you're gonna do because there's there's big things ahead i know that for sure i know that and um you know especially after the past couple of weeks i know i know you've had you and your family have really been in a, a very tough situation and you know just so thankful that you know you're okay your family's okay and uh you know i think this is just a, a step in a step into to a new journey so thank you again for everything well and i don't know what's next i i definitely have ideas for other sorts of podcasts but you know since my energies have sort of been shifting i've been getting really more in touch with my music again which has been great um kind of focusing on some of that i've kind of been quiet on music for a couple of years and i don't know maybe I'll, maybe i'll dig in on that for a little while and then kind of come back to this we'll see what happens um joe tavano um, the godfather of RetroZap Podcast Network. Uh, thank you for your support of Beltway Banthas all this, all this time, and your support of us. Like, man, you're so diligent um, in terms of like being a community manager and a guide and a friend. Uh, thank you, and John Liang for your your energy, um, your passion, your ideas that you always are putting into this show and helping to kind of keep us like accountable uh, behind the scenes for like, all right, you know, what's the next episode going to be? You know, which cons are you going to go to? What panels are you going to submit for? Like, you're the guy. Uh, and thank you so much uh, for all of that. This has been episode 70 of Beltway Banthas, The Last Fodder. Uh, I've been your host, Stephen Kent. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen underscore Kent 89 and Beltway Banthas at Beltway Banthas. You can find our guests uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, John Liang at Juan John Jedi and Joe Devano at Joey Juan Kenobi. Thank you all for listening and may the force be with you. Always.
Hello. Welcome to Beltway Banthas. <clears throat> Hello and welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, a, a fur ball in my, in my throat. Beautiful. 